Look, I'm not saying it's not aliens, but it's not aliens. Welcome to another episode of Cinema Oblivio, your podcast from discussions about movies that are weird, out of style, out of date, old, old-fashioned, forgotten, or otherwise, whatever. I don't know. Uh, again, I am your host, James Eldred, and today, joining me, I have... Joe Odber. Joe, how do you say your last name? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Odber. 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 O-D- okay. O-D- well, we, have an odd, we have an odd film. We do. I'm sure, you hate, I'm sure you hate that joke. Like anybody, I'm sure you've heard it a million times. I'm, I apologize. I I'm an asshole. But Joe, why don't you tell the people a bit about yourself? Well, I'm a I'm a journalist in Aberdeen, a radio journalist actually. But you find me through a, a Twitter account I run called yes. at Fruit of the Loom One Fruit spelled <laughs> F R O O T, and I'm I look at. Uh, Mandela effects on Reddit that people have posted, and uh, post them for everyone's amusement. Um, yes. Now, now I like you spend too much time on the internet, so yeah. I know what a Mandela effect is. For the blissfully ignorant, can you summarize what Mandela effects are? Yeah, I, people always ask me, and it's it's hard to describe, but <laughs> it it should be. Uh, basically a common misconception that people have got a shared false memory of something happening comes from an idea that Nelson Mandela died in prison back in the 80s or the 90s before he was released and became president of South Africa. And people have this shared memory. And it's, you know, theories about what has happened there. Why do people have this memory? There are interesting ones. The one that the name of the the Twitter account has (laughs) is actually a good one. People are convinced that Fruit of the Loom used to have a cornucopia on their their logo. Yes. They've never had a cornucopia. Strangely, it was mentioned when they were copywriting it way back, but it's yes. never featured a cornucopia. But everyone remembers it. People think a loom is a cornucopia. Yeah. That's one of the very few genuinely interesting ones. The rest of them are mostly pretty stupid. And the ones that I like to put out on, on Twitter aren't even shared ones. It's like people have just got a false memory that they've convinced yeah. themselves that reality has changed behind them. And uh, yeah. that's the key component. The hardcore believers in Mandela effects believe that they're not wrong or that the, 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 the not a group of people are wrong. They're right, but reality has changed. That's it. That's exactly it. The point yes. is that people are wrong. You know, yeah, people, yeah. People can't you spell. Know, a lot of them are spellings and things like that. People get that wrong all the time. That's fine. But people that are convinced that they're always right. And reality yes. changed around them. Yes, they're mansplaining reality to us. Yes, it is <laughs> exactly. And 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 I joined both the Mandela Effect Reddit and the Retcon Reddit. I got banned from the Retcon Reddit because I suggested the moon was not changing its phases randomly in the middle of the night. Uh, 
the retcon, I think the retcon Reddit is way further gone. Like that's the one that gets scary sometimes with like that's discussions right. about people not being people and a lot of like biblical talk about the changes in the Bible. The Mandela Effect Reddit, like the one you have up here right now, is somebody who fought Scott Bakula was in a Def Leppard biopic. <laughs> I know. I love I love that one. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Joe Elliott's from Sheffield. Scott Bakula is not going to be convincing playing Joe Elliott. No, and hey, two things I love, Def Leppard and Quantum Leap. So I would know if this was, you know, and but I don't, sometimes if I'm in a bad mood and I feel it's kind of innocent trolling, I'll just go to the Mandela effect and just pick a random one and I'll just say, maybe you just remembered it wrong. And, I occasionally do that, but because I like to be on there and not get banned i'm usually pretty pretty quiet on there but sometimes i can't resist either yeah but it is fun it is for the most part i feel it's harmless Uh, most of the time it's harmless yeah yeah Uh, the the scarier ones of people who are like like the the people who believe that humans are devolving and like Mm -hmm. people who spend too much time about how the sun used to be different they're a little scary but for the most part considering all the other terrifying conspiracy fucked up things you could fall into on the internet believing in your heart of hearts that reality changed because you spelled Berenstain Bears wrong as a kid is is. I'm okay with that it's generally a lot less harmless than QAnon or something like that yeah 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 yeah. although the simulation theory people are a bit scary the people are convinced that we're um we're all living in a computer program that's quite a common one and that can be I don't know if you've seen the simulation theory subreddit. Um, I, I I I don't want to. <laughs> it's well, it's it's closed. It doesn't exist anymore. The guy that ran oh. it. Oh, I have had no. I can't do it. There is there's just too much scary stuff on here. I've had somebody threatening to to kill themselves if I can't disprove uh, simulation theory. So yeah. I'm stepping back from this. Good so plan, good plan. there is yeah. a dangerous side. Definitely. Yeah, delusional people. People who, and we'll, I think when we get, to, we'll get to the movie in a, in a little bit, but it's kind of tied into that. People who are dissatisfied with reality mm-hmm. and their lives sometimes look for answers, and in ways, so things make sense. I think that's what QAnon is to a large degree: is the world doesn't make sense, and like any conspiracy theory, the world doesn't make sense. But if you prescribe an incredibly complex conspiracy theory to everything around you. Mm-hmm. then it's somehow better. <laughs> it's comforting having a, a, a huge mystery behind everything. People feel that's easier to cope with than the, the very messy reality we all, we all actually live and, in. And, and, and it makes them feel like they're in on something, like they figured it out and we haven't, and they're better than us. Like that's, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely. But have, have, have you been into like paranormal, occult, or or just weird conspiracy stuff before this? Well, yeah. I, I mean, I definitely like looking at it, and I'm very skeptical generally, but I do like looking at stuff about oh, Mothman, various. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's great stuff, isn't it? I mean, who knows how true any of it is? It's so hard to tell. But it's any kind of mystery to that I love. And then when I was younger, I, I didn't read uh, Von Daniken when I was younger, but I do remember reading Graham Hancock and things like that. Because you go to the library, you're interested in archaeology and history and and mysteries. These are the ones that you pick up, I think, when you're a kid and gets you interested. But yeah, I wouldn't read them now. Before we get to aliens, one, one more question. So I'm from America and I grew up in Ohio and Ohio didn't have any weird shit. Like it's Ohio, even in the paranormal, we have, even in the paranormal, we got nothing. Um, but my, 
no, that's not in Ohio. Uh, Ohio has, <laughs> trust me, um, my grandparents lived in Oregon, and Oregon had Bigfoot. So whenever I would go to Oregon, I would look for Bigfoot as a kid. So um, in Scotland, what is the equivalent to, well, I guess the lock, yeah, I mean, duh. We've got I the mean, lock once. We've the lock yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an idiot twice today. It's fine. No problem. <laughs> yeah. How far away is, how far, I don't know anything about Scotland geography. How far away are you from the, from that? Oh, uh, whew, three hours drive. Three hours okay. drive. I was, there, I was there just last week. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's been no more sightings because the trees have grown too too tall on each side of the road. So, um, something like last year was the first year that there hadn't been any sightings. So well, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe COVID got them. <laughs> um, when you were a kid, did you believe in a Loch Ness monster? I think I probably did. It's hard to remember what I actually believed in. Um, but I, uh, I, I must have done it at some point. I must when have I was in there. Yeah, because when I was a little kid up until like the X-Files and finishing college, I was way into all this shit, mm-hmm. including yeah. the shit we're talking about today. <laughs> we're talking yeah. about the 1970 to 1974, depending on the country, docu- documentary. Um, it's a documentary. It's a bad one. Uh, Chariots of the Gods, based on the book of the same name with a question mark by Eric Von Daniken. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a weird one. This is the first documentary I've done on this podcast, and we both wanted to talk about it, but why did you want to talk about this one? I, uh, you, you sent me a list of uh, films that you, you're planning to get to, and I love a lot of them, and I've watched a lot of them recently. Roar, uh, Black Narcissus, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, some great films. But this one, it's, it's about conspiracies. It's about People believing in things which aren't true, I suppose, and why people believe them and the kind of the structures they put in place. And uh, yeah, I love documentaries as well. I love old documentaries. It looked pretty, it looked pretty tacky. It looked, you know, really out of date. And those are the kind of films films I love. Yeah, it's, and even if you haven't seen this movie, if you're of my, I'm 41, I'll be 42, like in a, in, too soon and if if you haven't seen this movie you still might have seen this movie because it's been used in footage from it's been in that old series in search of there was an nbc special that's been on cable a few times like it's been re-edited and cut up and like reused in a bajillion different things there's some good footage in it of these uh of these these structures you know yeah i do it is kind of a bummer that all the copies online are terrible yeah. So, yeah. like, because on Amazon, you, if you're in, if you're in, if you're in the US or you have a, a VPN like me, you can get this on Amazon Prime for ninety nine cents. <laughs> I could but, get it in Amazon in the UK. I had to watch it on YouTube. Yeah. Well, you you did better than me because the copy on Amazon is just as bad as one on YouTube. So there is a Blu-ray of it apparently. So I w- it would be nice to see like seventies footage of these places. But yeah, yeah. this movie is a documentary of that juxtaposes the idea that thousands and thousands of years ago ancient alien astronauts came to earth and they are the basis for all religion and helped many societies build their great landmarks like the pyramids and you know the 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 mayan the mayan pyramids and all kinds of other things and that it's a all over the world, all of society has been influenced or guided by these ancient aliens. <sighs> yeah. And uh, yeah, and that is 
still kind of a popular idea that we can kind of blame this movie on <laughs> in the book. Yeah. yeah, it's a really dominant idea. I was looking at this thinking, wow, this is amazing. This is a real, you know, early 70s paranoia, you know, conspiracy. But we're living in this today. 17 series of uh, of alien alien oh, art. Ancient alien. aliens, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, whatever the history channel, the so-called history channel has. Yeah. Yes, the, um, the 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 air quotes history channel. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I saw one poll that said fifty percent of Americans believe in ancient astronauts. Now, yeah. I don't know what that means. Like, because if you ask me, hey, have aliens been to Earth? Yeah, I would say maybe. I don't know. Bob. I mean. <laughs> Sure, why not? Like, I'm not going to say that. Here's my view, but just to get our personal views of this out of the way, I think 99.9% of everything in this movie is complete bullshit. Mm-hmm. The one thing I would possibly, possibly give any lip service to is the idea that some art might be influenced by something somebody saw that could have been interpreted as an alien. Because yeah. why not? Who the hell knows? You know, that's a harmless thing. Maybe it's an angel. Maybe it's a comet. Yo, maybe it was E.T. I don't know. You don't know. Only Da Vinci knows, you know? <laughs> so and maybe he doesn't know. So that's that's why I stand on this. I don't believe the aliens built the pyramids. I don't believe in the aliens making maps for early explosers, ex- explorers. I don't believe any of that, any, any of that at all. So I, I assume you're, you're pretty much on the same page. I am on the same page as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, it's all nonsense. Yes, but the the uh, before we get to the people who made this movie and the book, because there's a lot to say about good old Van D- Von Daniken. Yeah. Uh, alien astronauts, not a new idea, even in the '60s when he wrote his book. The the one of the very first science fiction stories, uh, a French book called. Okay, here's my French. Okay, give me. I'm sorry. Okay. Les Zipeus. I think. Yes. 1887. I don't know much about it, but it, it, it touches on alien astronaut themes. That's 1887. That's before the term science fiction existed. Wow. <laughs> yes. I've never heard of this before. And then there was my favorite one here uh, a, a bootleg illegal sequel to War of the Worlds <laughs> called, <laughs> called Edison's Conquest of Mars. By a dude named Garrett P. Service. That, that was, great. yeah, 1898. And in that book, he writes that aliens came to Earth and made people build the pyramids and the Sphinx. Right. Oh, there you go. Yes. And from there, you get like some Lovecraft stuff. Like this Cthulhu has this. And Arthur C. Clarke's, like the, the, the prototype for 2001, the Sentinel, yeah. had that, you know, that touches on this. There's some stuff in the 60s, and then once this book comes out, like it shit blows up, mm-hmm. fucking everywhere. It's in Life of Brian. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that scene in Life of Brian, I am well, he's kidnapped by aliens. I imagine comes from this. So yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. But have you ever? So it's ba- but this movie is based on a book. And have you ever read the book? I've not read um, uh, uh, Chariots of the Gods. I was going to say Fingerprints of the Gods. That's a different book by Von Daniken. He had so many. But uh, <laughs> yeah, he has written. I did you. I'm going to read off his book names. Not all of them, but Chariots of the Gods, Return to the Stars, Gods from Outer Space, Miracles of the Gods, In Search of Ancient Gods, 
signs of the gods, the gods and their grand design, return of the gods too. the gods were astronauts, twilight of the gods, the gods never left. You get it. Like, yeah. 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 And what do you know about this, about Eric Von Daniken? I did do some reading on him. I know he ran a hotel in Switzerland. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, he was actually in jail when this film was released, when this film won the Oscar. He was in jail for No, it Fro- did not win an Oscar. It was nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> oh, that's right. It wasn't. No, of course no. it <laughs> No, it, it was nominated for... The, so it came out in America in English in 74, but it was made in 1970. Mm-hmm. And the German version was nominated for Best Documentary. It lost to Woodstock the movie. Good Which choice. That was yes. a lot of people not see that. Thelma Schoenmaker, Scorsese worked on that. Yeah, good movie. Yes. Yeah, and, and that, mo- that movie, speaking of uh, conspiracies and apocalypses and all that shit, that movie's in Omega Man. <laughs> That's the movie oh, that Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston always watches it in the movie theater when he's going crazy. But anyway, yeah, Von, and Von Daniken was not a col- not a scientist. <laughs> no. No, definitely. no. Definitely not. Was became disenfranchised with religion when he was a kid, started to get these ideas in his head about, yo, what if it was aliens? But was writing this book, the first book, when he was a hotel manager. And apparently, he used money he stole from the hotel <laughs> to do research for the book. Uh, he claims that the prosecutor had it out for him because the prosecutor had his own theories on Easter Island. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. But he was in prison. In, he was in a Swiss prison for three years. Like he went, to, he went to prison for embezzlement and fraud and forgery. Got out. Only reason he got out early is because he made so much money from charity to the gods he could pay his fines. <laughs> so Well, yeah. That, no wonder he kept on doing it then. It, well, crime what, pays, what, man. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's a he's a he's a bullshit artist like to the millionth degree. Did you read any interviews of him? No, no, I didn't actually. Yeah. Everything I found like I I use newspaper search- searching things and every interview is the same. It's like people don't believe me for my claims and yeah, I made a few mistakes, but you know, for the most part, I'm spot on. I'm right and it's all just a conspiracy of American science American science groups holding me back and and uh they don't want you to know the truth. They're trying to silence and, and my good. next book <laughs> my next book, my next book every time it's his next book is really going to prove it. He's he, still alive. He is still alive. His last book, I think, came out in 2018. Wow. He's he's been on that goddamn History Channel show. But this book was huge. The book came out in 68 in Germany. And it was serialized in America in the National Enquirer, which should tell you if you, yeah. And in Australia in the Sydney in the Sydney Morning Herald, like in a major newspaper. Yeah, uh, I totally see that. Yeah, yeah, and it was tra- It was released in the UK in '69 and America in '70. Did very well. It sold millions of copies in the world. Uh, the numbers always change between nine million and twenty-five million. I don't know. It was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but even the people who didn't believe it thought it was a fun book. They're like, "It's stupid," but hey, you know, what yeah. else are you gonna do? You know. So, and then it was the film came out in 1970 in West Germany. That's the one I got nominated for an Oscar. It was re-edited into a TV special in 73. 
and then into a movie in 74 in America, and then it was released in most of Europe and in Japan. And I would love to watch a Japanese dub of this. Yeah. <laughs> We're watching the 74 kind of TV version of it then. Well, not the TV version. The TV. We're watching the 73 version, the TV version, and the 74 version is a theatrical version. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's confusing. I'm sorry to correct you. Like, no, no, one. yeah, yeah. No, don't, but, don't, don't, don't go for it. Absolutely. Well, there are a lot. Surprisingly, there are a lot of mistakes about this movie on the internet. I know. <laughs> yeah. Know, it was not the 29th highest-grossing film of 1970. Right. No. Because it didn't come out in 1970 in America. It was, <laughs> however, the 17th highest grossing film of 1974. Wow. Is that worldwide or just US? That's just, well, that's just America. Um, right. And these figures, anything before Star Wars, mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to be positive because some movies played for years. Yeah. It has Saints on Massacre on this list. At fifteen with twenty six million, Chainsaw Massacre made more money than that. Yeah, it made it made probably at least a hundred million dollars, but just not that year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but th- just to give you an idea, in nineteen seventy four, Church of the Gods made more money in America than Death Wish, mm-hmm. Chinatown, a re release of Gone with the Wind, <laughs> and uh, the Conversation. Technically made more money than the Man of the Golden Gun, but Man of the Golden Gun came out December 20th. So when you factor in the following year, <laughs> it made more money. Uh, Chariots of the Gods made just a little bit less money than The Great Gatsby. Right. Wow. Yes. The In case you're wondering, the highest grossing movie of that year is Blazing Saddles. <laughs> right. With 119 million, Towering Inferno with 116 million. Then it gets immediately weird with the second Billy Jack movie. Billy Jack. I've heard of Billy. I don't know anything about Billy Jack. Oh, Billy Jack is like if if you man, Billy Jack has problems, but man, it has it, Billy Jack has one of the first martial arts films in American cinema. So oh, right. martial arts fights, uh, and also that's that's where the song "One Tin Soldier" comes from. One tin soldier. I don't Go know. That kill, Go ahead and kill your brother. Go ahead and kill your friend. It's a bad song. Anyway, um, I own that on vinyl because I'm a dumbass. Right. But no, it, so. Huge hit. Huge hit movie. Why do you think this took off so much when it came out? I think people, as you're saying, people like to think that they're in on it. You know, people like to think they've got thousands of years of history and they know a little bit more about it than you do and they can see all the joins and uh, everyone else that doesn't believe it has just got their, their head in the sand. I think that's what it is. Yeah, because the movie does this nonstop, like, conspiracy, conspiracy, you know, like, you don't really know, man. But, like, that this was the biggest one of these, but there were a lot of like trash documentaries <laughs> of the. This is coming off of Mondo Kane, yeah. Um, which is like, do you know what Mondo films are? Yeah, like kind of uh, exploitation travelogue kind of things. Yeah, usually fake. Um, yeah. 
or like all travelogues, but you know, it's supposed to be yeah, fake. Yeah, Mondo Kane is like the the um the seed that became the tree that is faces of death. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, because they show they'll show real death, you know, or like aftermaths of violence and like people killing animals and all this gross shit and that kind of took the documentary into the grindhouse and I feel like something like this kind of straddles a line between like serious documentary and exploitation yeah I did wonder what, where this would have been would it have been in uh, you know grindhouses or, or your normal cinemas when I was looking up movie information it wasn't it was in normal theaters like and it didn't get the same like exposure as like the big big movies of that year, but it had big ads next to town, next to the big movies that were coming out. Oscar nominated, you know. It's a uh, yeah, it's, hey like, man, you know, yeah, shit. But <laughs> yeah, you know, it 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 was a it was a weird year for movies. I guess I don't know. Like I said, like I said, Billy Jack's this, this list is bizarre. Billy Jack, Airport seventy five, great movie. Yeah. The, the Grizzly Adams movie, um, the first Benji movie. Benji, I don't know that either. Oh man, oh, yeah, yeah. Benji is a independent film about a cute dog. Right. Uh, Benji is famous because Benji cost like nothing to make, and one guy made all of it, and he made, and it made thirty million dollars, and yo, he made it. So good for him. Wow. Um, nothing to the it, dog. It's it's the gone in 60 seconds of cute dog movies <laughs> one guy with a dream and but instead of a mustang he had a puppy anyway yeah. benji's benji's a, benji's a, a pretty cute fucking dog he was in a movie of, he was in a movie with chevy chase so you know oh, right he, well he made it then he, he made it he made it man but yeah <laughs> this is gonna be a stupid question but when i i put up the crew for this movie i don't suppose you've heard of this director <laughs> I had not heard of this director, no, but no. I was interested in the director because um, <laughs> I like uh, Fritz Lang. So the the fact that this guy Harold Reinl made the, the Doctor Mabuse films in Germany was very interesting. He did the he did these crimmy films, which I really want to see some more of. Yeah, he he, you know, so like we're gonna show this movie a lot because it's bad, <laughs> but and the edit. I think this movie is boring. In a lot of ways, because it's just there's very few talking heads. It's just narration, narration, narration. Yep. Coincidence. Yep. Narration, narration, narration. Coincidence. Narr- <laughs> you know, but a lot of the shots of the landmark look good, and yep. it would be nice to see it in HD. This guy Harold. How did you say his last name? Harold Reinel. I would have guessed. I Harold Reinel. I don't know what that accent was. He's a, I'm sorry. He's a writer. He, he, he co-wrote the movie, but he, he directed it. He directed like 70 movies in Germany, yeah. including the 60s Dr. Mabuse movies, which I'm heard, I've heard are pretty good. Mm-hmm. I have seen one of the movies by this guy just like three months ago. Oh, wow. Uh, Severin Films put out a box set of European Christopher Lee films um, okay. that he made outside of England. They're all terrible. A lot of the Christopher Lee kind of European horror ones that he did, yeah. And they are, no. He made a few good ones. There's one called Terror, uh, Terror, uh, Horror Train, Horror Express, Horror Express. Yeah, I was basically... thinking of that film today. Yeah. Looks good. That movie's great. Has one of my favorite lines of all time. Anyway, the, uh, this movie is The Torture Chamber of Dr. Sadism. Yep. 
Yeah. Good name. It's a pit and a pendulum, basically. It's pretty meh, but it looks fantastic. It has great gothic settings. There's this amazing scene where they're in a forest and you just realize all the tree limbs are actually human arms. And that's good. It has some good it has some good it's a stupid fucking movie, but that's not going to hold me back from watching it being stupid. Oh, me neither. Yeah, I mean, obviously. But uh, in that box set, it's the only movie I would watch again. Because that box set, whoo. <laughs> I felt bad for subjecting my boyfriend to it. Because he likes like Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. But that was... I watched uh, Donald Sutherland's first film. Um, directed by, was it William Kiefer? The the, the director that Nick yes. uh, named his son after. that. That's a bad film. I can't remember what it's called now. You've seen that movie? Yeah, yeah, I saw that ooh, a couple of months ago. Yeah, that's yeah. in that box set. I haven't seen that one. That's the only we we, we kind of quit the box set because after we had two bot two bad ones in a row, there's another one in that box. Not to get too off topic, but yeah, whatever. There's another one in that box set that that's so bad that the director the director tried to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't succeed, and he seems to be okay, so I'm, I can laugh at it. But yeah, there are some bad movies in that box set. So, but I think that that I feel that's worth mentioning here because that kind of gives you the caliber of people working on this film. The best person involved with it, best one of his best films, might be called The Torture Chamber of Doctor Sadism. Because, well, yeah. Go ahead. The interesting thing I found about him was that he worked with Lenny Riefenstahl, and I think worked with Lenny Riefenstahl. No, f- no shit. Yeah. He, what, he co-wrote uh, Tiefland, which was her big film that she was trying to make all through the war. In fact, it used to be the, the longest-running film in production from like 1934 to 1954 when it was eventually released. Uh, and he, I don't didn't find out much facts about what he did during the war, but it seems like he worked with Lenny Riefenstahl in her production company. Oh, um, oh dear. Yeah. Oh well, well, <laughs> huh? Well, that uh. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But some of the, some of the theories going on in the, in the film, it kind of makes a bit more sense. That's kind of um, uh, yeah. Okay, then. Well, so Nazis. Anyway, um, I have so many jokes, but it's not going to say. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but the other people who worked, I, uh, I like the producers on this. One of them produced the Jess Franco Christopher Lee Fu Manchu movie. I haven't seen that, but it sounds good. Um, Christopher Lee and I, I have seen a few Christopher Lee yellow face films. I have not seen that one. Um, they're they're uncomfortable. And then another another guy produced a movie, a sex comedy called Bottoms Up. Okay, <laughs> which I really just that's the caliber of people we got here. I I feel the most talented person on this film is the composer. Oh right, I did not like the music in this film. Unfortunately, you didn't. I loved it because it's it's <laughs> stupid as hell. <laughs> <laughs> it was either cheesy and annoying, or 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 grating and annoying. I find I I like the cheesy. I like the overall just the cheesy motif. That it's catchy. It's catchy. It's kind of it makes me nostalgic for like silly shit like this. I guess I don't know. And there are parts in it that it kind of goes oddly crot rock. It does. It does a little bit, but fanfare rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, no. Yeah. Crot rock. I'm hitting. I'm not a huge con fan. So, you know, oh, um, I like that might get me kicked off my prog podcast, but I'm not. <laughs> but he he, is a t- he did 200 scores. He composed. His name is Peter Thomas. He composed one of the three scores for Bruce Lee's The Big Boss. Not right. the original score. And not the score that is straight up puts in Pink Floyd. 
<laughs> there's another score that's on the fantastic um, Bruce Lee box that the Criterion put out a couple years ago. Okay. And not the original good... score, not the original Bruce Lee. Yeah, not the original score, but it's still a good score. So he's done basically what I'm saying is he's done good work. And I just I wanted to point out the people in this movie who are done good work because I feel it's not fair just to <laughs> shit on them for this shitty movie because this movie is shit. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's a bad film. It's a bad film. Like we, we talked about the basic idea of the movie. What are some quote unquote highlights? What are, what what do you got? Like what do you think are the more outlandish or bizarre or just weird claims made I, in the movie? I uh, there's so many. I have papers. Uh, yeah, I've got some notes. I'm trying to, there's there is so much. Tell you, you know what? It's it's not even like there's little points. It was just the fact that I don't know how you could have watched this film before having a pause button and a phone with Google on it. Because <laughs> every few minutes, I had to, to pause it and say, look, that can't be true. I need to check that. And yeah, me too. Frankly, Googling everything. I think this film would have been really convincing if you didn't have that. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, yeah. One bit I did like um, was the stuff about Heinrich Schliemann, who, uh, the, the architect of Troy, and saying what a great architect he was. And go, Wait a minute. This Schliemann looks him up. He blew up Troy. He dynamited the whole area yes. to get much further down than where the Troy of the the Iliad would have been. And uh, yeah, he was a terrible architect. But you mean terrible archaeologist? The what? Sorry, archaeologist. Yes, terrible archaeologist. What did I say? Sorry, architect. <laughs> he's a terrible architect as well but yeah he's <laughs> blowing shit up so yeah, yeah probably yeah it's funny I didn't know that but my boyfriend knew that story like yeah. <laughs> when the guy's name came up he's like he wasn't he didn't do a good job he yeah. did find Troy so, he did find Troy yeah yeah he did, he did find, find Troy people told him to look so I, I don't know all the background of that but he did he did push through on it and it was Troy so yes fair play to him in that my favorite bullshit in this movie of bullshit is the the two well one okay one thing that wasn't bullshit that I thought was bullshit the movie opens by with context with what happened during the war yeah now what, what cargo do you know are you familiar with cargo cults yeah yeah very interesting yeah these are these are People in the South Sea Islands, mostly, sometimes in, I think, Papua New Guinea or Melanesia, that, that kind of area. And uh, they're tribes that hadn't had contact with um, the outside world, but they were used during the Second World War by Americans to to basically island hop when they were um, trying to get towards Japan. Yeah. And um, some of these um, people have created religions around what was left there the uh the, the, the beginning of this is it's a good scene actually <laughs> they've got yeah. like a, a plane made out of bamboo to try and kind of <laughs> lure these these people back and i think i'm with you because i was thinking 
are cargo cults real? But it looks like, yeah, there looks like there was a lot of evidence about them. We there's a famous one where the uh, the worship the Duke of Edinburgh. Um, <laughs> Is that my boyfriend's cult? <laughs> um so i don't know if anyone's told them yet they actually died but i wouldn't like to be the ones to, no. <laughs> to, to yeah to i was surprised i thought that was fake i'm like this sounds racist is this racist and no it's it, it that's true so so that then but that is a uh core kind yeah. of uh if you're gonna make bullshit the best way to make bullshit is to start with that kernel of truth and that and is, is, is convincing that because you know that that is if aliens did came down in the far past, that is how we would uh, remember them. Yes, yes, we would we would all have uh, like pictures of Spock, you know, with yeah. uh, the hand. The hand. I'm doing the hand thing. There's no camera here. I don't know what I'm. Okay, um, but yeah. So it starts with that, and that's interesting. But then it just immediately goes into all the nonsense about like, well, Gilgamesh was in space and. The dead squeeze, the dead sea scrolls. That's about aliens. Sodom and Gomorrah. They were nuked. Yeah, it, it really starts to hammer pretty hard into absolute rubbish. Yeah, because the, the alien gods were mad about the stuff going on in Sodom. Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess they don't know no butt stuff. Um, <laughs> it's, it's 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 ten o'clock at night here. Yeah. But the two claims that I think were the most hilarious because they're this complete bullshit, like top to bottom is the the idea of the Ark of the Covenant being electric. Yeah, I spent a lot of time Googling this. The theory is that the Ark of the Covenant was, I think, a capacitor um, because of th- there's very detailed instructions in the Bible on how it should have been made. And it claimed that if you do that, you make a capacitor which has like a huge electrical charge. And they were saying some students built one and had to destroy it. It was so powerful. And that's when I posed that and went, I need to find that out because that does not sound true. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't really see any evidence that it was true. Um, but in another, a lot of other similar claims about claims about the pyramids, whether they're batteries or store electrical charge and things like that. It, it, it sounds like it could be true. Was it like a trick to, you know, fool people have electric sparks coming off it? But as far as I can tell, a load of rubbish. Yeah. And like the, I, I, I researched that and even people at the time called him out on that. Yeah. Like they were like, I found a newspaper interview. It's like that this you're saying University of Minnesota did this. We called them. <laughs> they never did this. And he's like, Well, I think it was some high school in Michigan. Uh, anyway, uh Yeah. Uh, Minnesota, uh, Michigan. Yeah. Yes. So that that never I think the Mythbusters talked about that too. That never happened. And yeah. then there was near the end of the movie, they show this amazing piece of artwork, like absolutely incredible. That's the most concrete proof that artwork from the past is based on aliens. It's this amazing cave painting in Uzbekistan that just, I know I talk about Hawkwind a lot, but that (laughs) looks like a Hawkwind album cover. It's super psychedelic and it has a spaceship in the background and it's like crystal clear, like, yo, that's a spaceship. But yo, that painting is fake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> straight up it's actually a, it's actually from a german magazine talking about the painting that was supposed to be supposedly found and right. if you look in the corner you can see the artist's signature yeah it is it's really striking i did exactly the same thing i looked up went oh right okay it's not it's a painting of what they thought they saw but it's yeah, yeah. 
And that's a lot of the movie. It's like either he's jumping. Like if you've seen any episode of Ancient Ancient Aliens on History Channel, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. It, they, they, they have an idea and then somebody says, what if it was aliens? <laughs> and then move on to the next thing. And then these rocks are heavy. What if it was aliens? And, you know, that's funny. And, hey, it, without this, we wouldn't have Stargate. Yeah. And Stargate's a good movie. Uh, you know, it gave the dude from Crying Game another job. So, yeah. you know, Jay Davidson, nice name. Yeah. Oh, good job. Yeah, nice play. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's a problematic undercurrent to this, right? There is, yeah. yeah so, it, what is that? It's a, it's really quite racist in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on, yeah, go on. Well, how the, so? The, the bit that really got it for me is throughout, but it's when they're talking about what then was Rhodesia and talking about the the, the Great Zimbabwe um, set, settlement there, the ruins there, and saying this is so precise and so well done. Could this really have been done by the Bushmans living in straw huts outside? Yeah, yeah, or but for the okay, I, is that phrase a bad word in England, in, in Scotland? Uh, Bushmen. This, I'm not sure. F, in America, it kind of is. So just FYI, <laughs> there, um, we're or, quoting, we're quoting, we're, we're quoting from them. Yeah, I just want to make sure everyone knows the movie uses the word Bushman. I just want to make put that out there. Okay, go on, go and on. This. This is exactly what the government of Rhodesia, who were the, the racist white minority government there, wanted. That the um, censored archaeologists who wanted to study these and said, "Look, do not say that these were built by the people who lived there at the time. You know that the ancestors of the of the people." They said so. They were perfectly happy to have someone come in and saying it must have been aliens. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. But this is a this is all the way through. This is saying. How could how could ancestors in these places like Egypt and South America they could not have built these? It must have been aliens. It's, it's this argument from incredulity saying that these people they can, they're not Western. They don't have this the Western um, know how that, uh, that that we had back then. How could they have possibly have moved these huge blocks by themselves? This is throughout the film, and it's uh, yeah, it's racist. It, but. But but Joe, someone might say, I'm surely they talk about things like the Colosseum and Stonehenge, right? No, they don't mention the Colosseum <laughs> or Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah, basically, if it was built by white people, it was built by white people. If it was built by other people, it was built by aliens. In fact, there's even a bit in uh, Lebanon where they say that there's a huge terrace um, built you know, thousands of years ago, which had Greek temples built on top of it. And they said the Greek temples, yeah, that's fine. They were built by the Greeks, but underneath that must have been an alien launch pad. And like, there's even like some mysteries about Roman construction, like Roman concrete. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, you know how they made con- like stuff like that. And I'm, I'm not, I'm not a history expert. Okay, don't don't quote me on that. But like, and I'm sure 
like this movie's pretty racist in that way. A lot of ancient astronaut stuff is racist. The TV show does that. That TV show, Ancient Aliens, it does talk about Stonehenge. It does talk about yeah other stuff. So it, that's moved past it. But uh, you know, the, uh, Von Daniken had some pretty icky ideas about who was yeah. advanced enough to do interesting things in ancient times. That's right. You you sent me a, a, some bits from I think it was at Signs of the Gods, uh, and there's some very <laughs> jaw droppingly <laughs> racist stuff there, claiming that all speculation, of course. Could could black people have been the first failed attempt at aliens creating a human race? Is that, yeah. Um, the the uh, actual quote yeah. was, and the quote's even worse. Again, we're quoting. Just yeah. FYI. Um, quote. Was the black race a failure, and did extraterrestrials change the genetic code by gene surgery and then program a white or yellow race? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, God. You know, he, they do also kind of avoid Asia, like, like, like China and Japan. They talk about the Juman statues near the very end. Uh, yeah, yeah. Which kind of look alien, too. But for the most part, they focus on Africa, South America. Uh, native native cultures in America, those and then like anything about quote unquote white culture is more about artwork and you know Renaissance paint the paintings. Yeah, uh, there was an interesting bit about the about Peru when they said there was a, the legend that the white haired people had come and and built all these uh, amazing buildings. But yeah, as far as I could tell, these are legends from conquistadors that they'd made up to justify them. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole other thing. Before this, there was a belief, like I think, not so much in the night in the 1900s, but before that, the white gods theory was that the uh, natives, uh, native peoples in South America, they were the gods they worshipped were actually European settlers. Right. Wow. So, like, even his racism is ripped off. <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> He can't even be racist in an original way, you know. Also, because like a lot of the stuff he played, like a lot of this is also plagiarized from a book called uh, "The Morning of the Magicians," which in turn is plagiarized from from Lovecraft. Yeah. Also, you know, not the most uh, uh, <laughs> tolerant individual. <laughs> no, no. If I can have a, a you know, a, yeah, more a, more talented, but going yeah. all, the long, all the way back. Um, I, I, well, I was reminded of the, the kind of Himmler's. Uh, racist archaeological theories and ideas of Aryan master races going around and 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 building all these things. You know, there's a, there's a definitely common thread. Is it aliens? Is it is it a, a blonde master race going around? It's the idea that these people couldn't have couldn't have built amazing things in the past. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 such a disappointing thing to read because it's fascinating this history of archaeology. Yeah, I find out people build these things. Why people built these things? And it's just it's just glossed over with nonsense. And and I don't I don't know you know I was born in 1979, so I I do when I was when I grew up and I was taught about the pyramids and taught about Easter Island, I was taught that there was some mystery about how they were built. Yeah. Uh, but no one ever was like, well, aliens. But like we pretty much know, even back then, we knew how they built. The Easter Island Moe statues. Yeah, they've People got the have, quarry. They've got they've got Easter Island heads in the quarry, half dug out. Yeah, not mystery. <laughs> yeah, 
and and <laughs> you know it's and like when they talk about the pyramids and like it must if men if men built this it would have taken 600 years because they the the number of people who built it was like in the thousands but they say it was like in the hundreds so you subtract how many people built it then yeah it has to be aliens helped them right not <laughs> you know not exploitive slave labor <laughs> which is i think what actually happened there yeah it's it's the kind of it's so hard to criticize like when you're watching it because it's nonstop, right? It's just nonstop bullshit. You 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 sent something over in your notes and it's a term I hadn't heard before. Me that, neither. The, the the gish gallop, the galloping gishies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry for laughing, but when you say it in a Scottish accent, it sounds funny. I'm I'm just an asshole. I'm, I'm apologize. <laughs> well, it does sound like Scottish swearing. It's like yeah, a bunch you, of galloping gishies. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, there was a young earth creationist named Dwayne Gish who that was kind of his tactic is just to throw bullshit so fast that yeah. you can't counter it. And you still see that today on like Fox News. Yeah. Like any kind of arguments, they'll just bring up the next one. Don't let them answer. Just, you know, next thing that's hard. And another thing I found when I was, you know, looking at the galloping gishies is the is the bandolini concept, which is saying that it takes a lot more effort to refute bullshit than it does to say bullshit. It just, it's it's asymmetrical. So that's why people have such a hard time arguing against this kind of nonsense. Yeah, and it's not just, it's really any nonsense. And it's so, you because the people who you're refuting it against, a lot of times they, they know they're bullshitting you. Yeah. So they already have like the counter arguments in their head and you can't, you can't compete with it. It's, it's just too much. You know, and in th- these kind of things are fun. Like we talked, we said a few times already, it's fun to laugh at. And there's a whole show on Vice where Axon Bronson, the rapper, gets high and watches Ancient Aliens, and that's the show. What does he think about it? I don't. I don't like Axon Bronson. I don't. So I don't know. But I'm sure it's really, you know, really fascinating. But and like the Ancient Alien stuff, I used to watch that. It was fun. It's fun too. But this stuff is damaging. Long term, you get entire. There's an entire convention for ancient alien shit, and these people just don't believe anything they read in like by actual scientists now. And yeah, I don't know if you noticed that, but people not trusting science becoming a problem. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing that now. (laughs) Yeah, there's that whole climate thing. There's the people not getting vaccines. There's all kinds of things. But you listen to them talk about it, and they're like, "Hey, man." I'm just looking for answers. And like, here's the answer. Well, not that one. <laughs> I'm looking for other answers. I'm looking for the answers I want to find. Exactly. It's the, it's the, I'm looking for convenient non-truths via yeah. lesser known sequel. It's just very frustrating to see so many people and like history channel has been destroyed by this. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't, do you have the history channel in Scotland? 
No, I, I you have it occasionally in hotels when they have cable things like okay. that. So okay, okay. I, I, I love it. It's like, oh, History Channel, what's on? Uh, interesting, I love history. Oh, no, Aliens. No, that's not history. Why am I watching this? And, you know, like, when there can be interesting stuff. Like, I used to watch ones about Roswell, and sometimes they were more even-handed about what it could have been, what it couldn't have been, and it's all bullshit. But, like, they just dominate the discourse now. And when you're young and impressionable or, you know, just kind of stupid, um, that stuff gets in your head and it stays there. And then I'm not saying that, I'm not saying you can blame charity of the gods for vaccine denialism, but I'm saying <laughs> there's definitely a through line. There is a through line. It is. Yes. It's a, it's a rich seam of bullshit that's going from the, the early 70s right through to today. Climate denial, vaccine denial, QAnon. You, you can trace it all back. It's people that want to believe what they want to believe. The actual mm -hmm. facts don't matter. And uh, that's what you get in the Mandela effect things, to be honest. That's, that's why it's interesting. People convinced that if they believe it, it must be right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the rocks are heavy. I can't move a rock. And aliens can. Ergo. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll talk about some like more fun examples of this, but I, I do want to point out that like a lot of people, I think back then more so, but still now, people believe documentaries. And you really shouldn't. No. Because <laughs> <laughs> documentaries are movies. Mm -hmm. And they have a narrative, for good or bad. And there was a great quote. There was a bad movie <laughs> uh, that I never saw. It was like a, some anti-Michael Moore movie, anti-Michael Moore documentary that came out like in the late 90s when I was still in college. This was before Bowling for Columbine. Mm -hmm. And but the trailer had Penn Jillette, and he's a libertarian and he's like super into like, but he's very anti-conspiracy theory, all that stuff. And he's like explaining to this person that like you can't accuse Michael Moore of lying all the time because every time you edit every edit is a lie mm -hmm. editing is lying and because you're you're using what you're, you're choosing what not to show and you're choosing what to show so unless you're making a movie that is one take in real time with everyone's viewpoint yeah no documentary is a hundred percent infallible no matter what it is, like I like Mike, some Michael Moore documentaries, but he he he's deceptive. Yeah, every every um that movie Winged Migration was deceptive. They trained those birds. <laughs> <laughs> um, white. The, of course, the best examples Disney. They, you know, they killed lemmings. They did. Yep. <laughs> you know, and when and that that's obviously dangerous for the lemmings. Um, but like. You make these documentaries, you twist the truth, and it creates pe people believe it. And that can be damaging. I, I totally agree. I mean, yes, some are more damaging than others. This is a particularly bad one. A lot of what you get in the History Channel now yeah. is particularly bad. Yes, you can argue that you're never going to get complete, absolute, objective truth in a documentary. But you can try. You know, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to go down alien technology and basically making stuff up, which Eric Von Daniken did. If yeah. you go to Wikipedia, there's all these things of 
of bits that he, he lied about or he said he'd been somewhere he hadn't been yeah there. he knew perfectly well some artifacts had been given by somebody who were, were modern and they, they weren't old so yeah i can see that argument but you should at least try to kind of go towards some kind of truth to try and educate people rather than just use these techniques to asking questions that that's what these kind of document these conspiracy documentaries do they they, they ask questions yeah giving you answers you know and it's it's yeah it's very deceptive they're asking questions of things that have been answered already exactly yeah the answers they're providing are not backed up by any kind of science yeah. You know, and and like Leo, I want to believe this stuff so much. You have no idea. Like, it would be like I've gone to Wikipedia categories for like out of place artifacts. You know, because yeah, and and all this shit. And like, I, love I used it. to have London Hammer. I've been reading about today. What was that? The London Hammer. I was reading about. Yeah, today. yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, or like the um the Baghdad Battery, or which is yeah, a movie. Yeah. Or that that weird analog computer from Roman times. I forgot what it's called. Like it's the Antikythera uh, device that was found in a shipwreck. Yeah, it's that just, thing's amazing. Yeah, it is. You know? It's really cool. And it is disappointing that it wasn't placed by time travelers or aliens, yes. But the fact that people could build that thousands of years ago is fascinating. And... And, some, and who, who knows? I'm not saying this, this movie's true, but people have... There have been fringe theories that became real theories. Like for the longest time, like uh, Vikings settling North America. Yeah. People thought that was bullshit. They proved it. So like I do, whenever something comes up that's like an out-of-place artifact or unexplained archaeological find, I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. So my point that it's something crazy or bizarre that totally changes the knowledge of it. So I don't want people listening to this to think I'm some like hardcore skeptic who hates all this shit i'm like Mulder. yo i want to believe <laughs> i i i love the north american it's the pre the pre it wasn't pre-covid <laughs> it was pre-columbian oh, pre-columbian pre-columbian um mm-hmm. pre-clovis that's the word i was looking for okay. um, artifacts that, that, that are known as pre-clovis in in north and south america uh dating before the time of the the, the bering uh land bridge before the yeah. thing, you know, people first came to uh, the Americas and what that means and whether it's true or not, or whether it's the archaeology has been, uh, you know, there's been mistakes made with the dating and things like that. This is fascinating. This kind of can change all of history. Yeah. It's not a conspiracy, you know, it's like these are actual questions that, that do need answering. Yeah. And, and like, if you want to be interested in the mysteries of history, not because it rhymes, but like, there's a, there are plenty of them that are fun, and I and I wish people would like History Channel would make interesting, fun documentaries about that stuff. Yeah, and not like when I first chose this movie, I thought, well, that's an old, weird artifact from the seventies, and I totally forgot. I did not know. I live in Japan now. I did not know that Ancient Aliens was still on fucking TV, <laughs> <laughs> and that it had become kind of a big deal. So. My bad on that. Who knew this was still relevant in yeah. the year 2021? It's depressing. I was the same as you. I don't watch this kind of stuff. But then when you look at it, it it's everywhere. And it, it does kind of dominate the narrative. I was watching yeah. um, stuff, um, the videos of archaeologists, a woman doing a TED Talk saying that 
that's all she gets when she meets people, you know, that want to talk to her about archaeology. She works with them. Um, I think she works with them um, Mayan or Incan um, areas. And that's all they want to talk about is about the aliens. Yeah. And I, I've been to the Mayan ruins and they're amazing. Wow. And yeah. when you read about how they built it, it's even more amazing. And to take away that accomplishment and say, what if yo aliens? It's stupid. It is. Stupid. It's stupid and it's insulting. Yeah. talking about some serious issues here that i i i'm i i, I again want to say that people who believe this shit i'm not saying they're all racist and people who believe this shit, they're not i'm not saying they're all stupid maybe a little bit but if you do like watching this because it's goofy and stupid and fun then hey more power to you and i got a couple other movies to recommend <laughs> i sent you i mentioned the jupiter menace to you did you watch any of that i watched the whole thing yes we I... could talk about that okay yes so um what is the jupiter menace <laughs> jupiter menace it's got a really complicated backstory the jupiter menace it's it's the idea <laughs> that um the world is going to end and i think the book in the year 2000 okay well that's according to the film the book originally said march 1982 ah well you know <laughs> because of a conjunction of planets basically all the planets are going to be on one side of the sun that's going to cause solar winds which are going to cause the earth to break apart kind of or at least cause earthquakes by making the world spin too fast and too slow and it's basically going to spin us all out of control and yeah this the book i was looking at this john gribben this guy is a respected scientist and a respected science writer even today and he, he he said later said that oh yeah I regret writing that you know I think I was <laughs> I was too clever by half which is not what struck me about the film I thought it was too <laughs> stupid by a lot more than half but yeah really really crazy stuff but yeah but the film says it's going to happen uh, in the year two thousand they've they've rejigged the figures because the film came out kind of halfway through nineteen eighty two I think so yeah. they had <laughs> and and <laughs> the movie is a mile a minute with like earthquakes and solar flares and the rat a global earthquake yeah because the poles are going to it's the cataclysmic pole shift theory that's right it, yeah it's mostly debunked and but like the jupiter menace i highly recommend watching it you can watch this with no icky feelings about racism or other problems because it's it's so far removed from reality. It is dated in all the best ways. Um, the computer graphics are amazing. Oh, that is one of my favorite scenes. They have they have a computer simulation with three scientists looking at it, saying that they're going to crank up the Richter scale to twelve, all the way up to twelve. <laughs> and then you see these vector line drawings of it, of just things shaking around and getting wobbly, and all the scientists are looking on in horror. There's these reaction shots. I was watching with my wife, and she was convinced it was going to cut to the female scientist biting her knuckles in fear as, as the bridge wobbled with the, the 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 twelve Richter scale earthquake. It's 
yeah, it's full of great, uh, great moments. This, and it has George Kennedy. George Kennedy is the man. <laughs> the start of this film is brilliant because it shows oh. a necessary shot of him driving along in a jeep, uh, and then no, getting no. out and hitching up the trousers on his safari suit. <laughs> yes, yeah, wearing... but we don't need to see it in this documentary. Well, whenever you see any movie and it has a long scene of someone driving, that's a that's a red flag. I've seen enough mystery science theater. But the movie starts with like a the great title card ever, the Great American Desert, five thousand BC. It's like wait, <laughs> um, now, no, um, that was filmed mostly in Utah. But it has George Kennedy being getting a paycheck. Yeah, <laughs> I, I feel I think so. You know, he was in a movie around this time called Uninvited, which is by the director of Joysticks, which I talked about on this podcast, about a killer cat that has a mutant cat inside of it. Wow. It comes out like alien style. And so, you know, dude's got to eat. The thing of now, I said I like the music to Chariots of the Gods, and you gave me shit for that. But the soundtrack to the Jupiter Menace. I loved it. I will I, that oh, it's so good! It's great. Synergy is that the synergy? Body last, I think. Yeah, Larry Fat. So yeah, Synergy is a prog rock band. Yeah. Um, and people who listen to this podcast might know I have another podcast that occasionally posts about progressive rock music called Alexander's Ragtime Band. Um, sorry, I'll let I'll let you say that again. It's Alexander's Ragtime Band. It's a, it's a great I, podcast. I, I love it. I didn't name it. Um, but. Yeah, so it has that soundtrack, and it's all like super aggressive synthesizers. Um, it's really good. I own that on vinyl. I was just looking, you know, I'm in Japan, and I can order a CD copy <laughs> <laughs> of the Jupiter Menace soundtrack that was released in Japan in 1998 that has a that has remixes on it. Wow! So after I'm done recording, hey, that's two thousand yen. Yeah, hey man, man, that's 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 twenty bucks, yo. I'm on it. The only thing I liked about the soundtrack was the the the, the main theme on the Jupiter Menace mm-hmm. is a ripoff of uh, Mars by Gustav Holtz from the from the planets. He's hey man, you know, planet. <laughs> it's the wrong planet. It's a, it's the, maybe that maybe did Emerson Lake and Palmer do Mars? Was that Emerson Lake and Powell? I forgot which one. Maybe, hey man, great minds think alike. Yeah. Um, but Jupiter Menace, you can find that on the Internet Archive with a very bad VHS rip that kind of just adds to the charm. Um, yeah. You have to Google on YouTube the Jupiter Menace because, yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't that easy to find, but I finally tracked it down. Yeah, I actually watched that before I saw this for the first time. So I, I'm kind of mad I didn't focus on Jupiter Menace because th- th- oh, that movie's hilarious. Um, yeah. And it's it it does everything this movie does, but about something much more in tw- in twenty twenty one much more innocent. Uh, the survivalist store. He goes to a survivalist oh, store. Lord, yeah, and <laughs> there's a book on the shelf. This is the guide to knife fighting. <laughs> <laughs> How to protect yourself against a global earthquake? You need a yeah. knife. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if I'm in a post apocalyptic situation and it comes down to knife fighting, I give up. Like, cause I'm like, this, 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 that's too far down. Like, hey, maybe give me a gun and I'll give it a go. But like, if I have to defend myself with a knife, like, I'm yeah. no, I'm I'm out. Um, and that movie's great. 
who they, they their plan to see out the apocalypse is to have a fleet of airships. Oh yeah, that's so good. Go <laughs> above the earth until things calm down. And then they're going back down. Then they're going to start a new land called Philadelphia. <laughs> there already is a Philadelphia. <laughs> yes. Well, maybe maybe they want to make the anthem Philadelphia Freedom. <laughs> I don't know. No, again, watch Jupiter Menace. Even even if you don't watch Share to the Gods, watch Jupiter Menace. That's just amazing. Yeah, I would definitely advise the Jupiter Menace instead of uh, yeah, Chariot of the Gods. It's a lot. I, more, I, I, there's some boring bits. There's a, there's some, a lot of preaching. There's a lot of Bible stuff in it, including a guy who programmed Bible verses into his computer to calculate the end of the world. Oh yeah, yeah. He he puts in the events in the like. He 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 says, well, obviously, a day in the Bible's a year. Yeah, sure. And so based on that. I can tell you the world's going to end between August and September of this year. <laughs> there is, and, there's no, there's no, <laughs> there's no sense to any of it. There's everything <laughs> is just thrown at this. There's astrology. There's supposedly science. There's Bible stuff. Basically, the thing is, the world's going to end. There's nothing you can do about it. We don't know exactly when, but it's either 1982 or 2000, and these are all the different reasons for it. And yeah, that's it. It's just, it's crazy. Worth watching. The the director of that also directed episodes of In Search Of, which was an, an early kind of like sometimes pseudo history, sometimes history investigative show with Leonard Nimoy. And uh, the other director did nothing else ever, which is always I'm <laughs> I'm doing live Googling. I'm sorry, but I didn't think we'd talk about this. Uh Lee Aubarak, nothing. Um and the writer of the film is yeah, Peter Malutovich did nothing. Yep. And then Alan Coates, he he directed a documentary short called A Swim Shoots Optional. <laughs> With George Kennedy in rating. Oh, let me see. Oh, oh, oh man. Sign me. There Sign was two up. points in this film which actually I thought it was going to go even deeper into conspiracy because the one thing about the Jupiter Menace is there's no aliens in it. No, man. But there's almost hollow earth theory because they yeah. there's a little bit where they talk about Admiral Byrd's um, uh, voyage to Antarctica, which is a big thing in hollow earth circles that mm-hmm. he finds basically the entrance into the, <laughs> the inside of the earth and the, and the you know, the alien... You know, spaceport where you can go off to Mars and Venus, etc. And also, the, the one of the scientists, and they briefly mention it, is in the the new chronology. Have you read of this? The, 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 oh man, I love new chronology. I love it's new chronology. So much fun. Tell people about yeah. new chronology. <laughs> oh man, we're, we're, t- we're talking so mu- about so much nonsense here. It's These great. are, for some reason, largely Russian scientists, and I, I think there is political reasons for this, who don't believe <laughs> in the dark ages, but think that basically that we've missed out hundreds of years of history and that when we're talking about Romans, we're actually talking about medieval times. I'm not sure exactly how they do it, but they think that basically a lot of history has just been invented for yeah, shadowy it's, reasons. It's great. And, 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 and you, what, what is that theory called? Uh, new chronology. New chronology. Go to Wikipedia on that and like get a cup of tea. And just you put on a record, and you got yourself an afternoon. Yeah. Gary because... Kasparov, the chess player, is a is a proponent. Or he was a proponent of it. I'm not sure if he is anymore. 
But yeah, he, it's a big he, deal Russia. He took he took losing to that robot too hard. Uh, yeah. <laughs> lost to Deep Blue and this went off. Yeah, um, I might have to title this episode like Chairs of the Gods and Jupiter Menace because we've talked a lot about Jupiter Menace because it's just such a fun movie. And I feel like Jupiter Menace is ripe for rediscovery. There are like fan edits online that take the best parts of it, but the whole movie's great also because it has so many terribly acted reenactments. Yeah. <laughs> like the opening of like, your god is a false god, and then, and, um... <laughs> Oh man, I could just talk about that movie all day. It's great. I I hope that gets a proper. I don't. I don't think that movie. Again, doing live googling. I'm though it's very, very uh captivating podcast. Uh, I don't think it's available on Blu-ray. Let's see, no DVD, VHS only. Uh, D. It's from a website called DVD. I'm at a website called <laughs> DVDLady.com. Um, lady, right? I don't think that's a legit release. Uh, let me see. Yeah, it's twelve dollars. This, um, it's a region-free DVD. Comes in a DVD R sleeve. No, that's not a legit release. So <laughs> that's just a burn from YouTube or something. That doesn't. So yeah, don't buy. Don't don't trust the DVD lady. Go to uh, Internet Archive and watch the crappy. Um, crappy vhs port like i said it, it adds uh it adds charm to it and then also you haven't seen this one but the late great planet earth is another it's it's I've a uh, about it though um yeah. yeah orson wells um getting his paycheck for narrating that one yes that's a good christian one a lot of good christian ones in this in this thing and like you know i grew up watching eight million eighties documentaries about nostradamus you know <laughs> this shit is there's the if if you if you want to go deep into a truly the kind of thing that has aged the worst anything the world's gonna end blank year and we're X years past blank year stuff there's so much of it and it's so much fun um and it'll make you feel really good about yourself <laughs> for not <laughs> like just I don't know it'll make it 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 is it's almost charming you know yeah it is. Compared to like the gross anti-food documentaries on Netflix or, or you know other shit like uh, Chairs of the Gods. So, but anyway, I think we should wrap up. I'll really keep talking about George Kennedy for another hour and a half. Um, <laughs> Joe, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, oh, thanks for having me on, James. Was, I really enjoyed it. That was really fun. So, um, why don't you tell people where they can find you on Perfect. the internet? Yep. Excuse me. That's my dog sneezing in the background there. I didn't hear uh, it. <laughs> Yes, you can find me on uh, Twitter. It's at Fruit of the Loom One, and that's fruit spelt with two O's. Yes. Why is fruit spelt of two O's? Uh, that's a reference to another Mandela effect that fruit, yes, loops, <laughs> fruit Loops used to be spelt. I don't even know which one it is. I don't eat breakfast cereals. Um, but Fruit Loops either used to spelt with two O's or just as fruit. I think it's spelt with two O's in reality. Well, it's spelt with two O's because the O's make the loops. Yeah. That makes sense. It's <laughs> yeah, a terrible it effect. People just get confused. So that's why it's called Fruit Loom 1. Also, there's uh, no actual fruit in Fruit Loops. So Now, is that true? I'd have to Google that. There, there are no, there's no actual fruit. It's, it's all just artificial flavors. Yeah, so follow me on there. And I'm gonna, I repost from Reddit, from the, 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 the crazier retconned group and the, the Mandela effects, the ones that I, that I find the funniest. 
yes, I, I highly recommend his Twitter account. And as always, you can find me on Twitter at Lost Turntable and on my website, LostTurntable.com. It's been another episode of Cinema Oblivia. I'll see you again, I think, in two weeks. I'm temporarily moving to a bi-weekly schedule just to get caught up with everything that happened to me this year. It's a whole thing. Anyway, thanks again. See you next time. Bye. Take